Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Well, Mike Miller is enjoying this Saturday off, so I'm Brian Kelly in with June Hudson, and she is retired from the Missouri Botanical Garden, and boy, does she know her stuff, and she is here to take your calls at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Now, June, the last caller before the break, we had to kind of cut him off there at the end. We're talking about the roots that are popping up out of the ground around trees. And uh, I've got a lot of that at my house, and it's a pain to mow around, but you don't want to mess with the roots, right? You really don't. doesn't do your mower any good either, by the way. No. If the, the bigger they get, <laughs> it almost becomes completely impossible. Yeah. But um, we, were, we were concerned because he said his grass is doing fine. Ultimately, that grass will thin out. And whatever landscaping is there and it's pushing up is telling you that everything's in the wrong place. You need to clear the area where the roots are ultimately, and put a nice uh, mulch, not a whole lot, but, and they'll, you'll have to replace that from time to time. But the root system is really quite attractive if you get used to, that's the natural system of the tree, and you're not going to be able to thwart that, and you certainly can't cut those roots. So you have to give into it. And let it be what it is. I know that you're not supposed to, like we mentioned earlier, the volcano on the tree. Oh, gosh, no. But is it okay to put mulch on the roots? Well, it's going to work its way out. You're just going to put a very, I'm just thinking looks-wise at first. Mm -hmm. It's going to beat the mulch. So, you know, ultimately, you don't need to do anything. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's go now to Bob. He is traveling through Illinois this morning, and he joins us here on The Voice of St. Louis. Hi, Bob. Hello. Uh, Hello. Yeah, hi. I, a <laughs> I, uh, couple years ago, I started a bunch of pear trees from seed. Uh, they really took off well. Uh, I know it was kind of a crapshoot what kind of pears they would be. Um, but I found out that they all came from the same really huge uh, wild kind of tree. But some of the trees are very smooth branches. Some of them have these really huge spikes on them. Are they uh, some different kinds of... Uh, cross-pollinated, or what would that be, Trump? Well, it could be that they were cross-pollinated with a wild pear, and that would be actually better than having it be an ornamental pear, which are almost on the invasive list. So oh. I don't, I can't see with that pear, but I would say to watch them, because um, if, they're, if they become very prolific and, and bear a lot of fruit, you're, you're on the uh, edge there of encouraging a really invasive species. And we're just realizing the danger. And if you go along the highways now, especially when they were in bloom, you can see these beautiful white trees, and all of them are ornamental pears from seeds that birds have transported and dropped the seeds. And now we have a new problem on our highways. So I'd be very careful about that and uh, watch for um, them to do that. Well, the tree it came from had pretty good fruit. That's where I got the seeds from. And uh, 
should I can I just graft the, onto those trees and uh, and go for a better pair? Um, you could, but you, it depends on how well you you are at grafting. That's kind of a a nice skill, and if you have that, tree, look it up. You know, if you're going to do that. Look up how to graft because it's a very specific skill. You might get them, but in the end, I don't know what you're going to have. Okay, yeah, I have, I've had some success grafting. So I'm oh, great! Gonna, I guess graft on of whatever I can find. I guess terrific. Okay, thank you. Uh huh. All right, thank you very much for the call, Bob. As we are on uh, the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, that's June Hudson who is alongside this morning, and we're going to get to your calls. In just a moment after we take a break, and we will talk with June about whatever you want to talk about. 436-7900-1800-925-1120 on KMOX. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. And Mike is out today. I'm Brian Kelly, and with June Hudson, a master gardener and horticulturist, to take your calls. If you live in the city of O'Fallon, I have some good news for you. Boy, we have a lot of water issues around the area this weekend, but the Country Life Subdivision, there was a boil advisory for you. It's been canceled. They made the repairs, and so all is good in the city of O'Fallon, Missouri. So good news there. Let's go to Bridgeton. Daniel is on, and Daniel, we are at your service. Ah, oh, good morning, Brian and June. Thanks good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have a problem with, uh, I think it's uh, honeysuckle bushes popping up everywhere. Is there anything I could do to spray them, or is it is this caused by birds, I, uh, you know, spreading seeds? It is caused by birds, and uh, they come up everywhere just because they drop their seeds and windblown, and so... Thank you for trying to control that. That's really, really great of you. Yes, if they're very big, you saw them uh, and leave about, oh, four inches of their stems, and then you get a brush killer. And immediately after you cut them, you spray the tops of the open wounds with this brush killer, and that will do in the big ones. Really? That's great to find out. But you got to cut them and spray them. And And if they come back with... Little shoots around it, you got to cut them again, but you'll win. But you got to keep at it. But that's wonderful of you to do that. It's a very bad, bad shrub. Oh, it is. I'll tell you. I got them popping up everywhere. All right. Good luck. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Daniel, thank you for waiting for us to take your call. We want to thank Norma, too. She's been waiting a while in St. Louis. And Norma, it is your turn on the Garden Hotline. Thank you. Thank you, uh, June and Brian, for taking my call. Um, I have a, a really beautiful Japanese maple right in the front of my house. It's probably about 20 years old, and it is absolutely gorgeous. People that are walking by stop and comment on how beautiful it is. It actually needs a haircut. Uh, it's almost as wide as it is tall, and it's very big. And I have no idea how to go about trimming it. It's a beautiful umbrella shape, but it comes all the way down to the ground. And I would like to just trim those lower branches somehow. Can you give me an idea of where to start and how to proceed with that? I could give you a really good idea. What you never want to use on it is a hedge trimmer. So you have to go in the largest branches and follow them back where they start out. And you cut those off, and you can selectively prune that back as far as you want. But you have to take the time. So Uh pick a nice cool day and get a big glass of water and trim away. Yes. And also, what would be the best implement to use uh, to cut those back? Hand pruner. A hand pruner? That's right. You have to do it by hand. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. I really enjoy this show. 
Well, thank you very much, Norma. We enjoy having you on at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Let's go to Matt in Maryville, Illinois. Matt, you are now on with June Hudson. Well, we're going to try to get you on, Matt, but apparently uh, the computer at the controls has decided it's time to take a break. So I guess we'll do that, and we'll get to Matt in just a moment. Also, Robert and Mickey are in line, and you can be next at 436-7900-1800-925-1120 as we are at your service on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline on KMOX. Can we take it? All right, let's go to Matt. Matt in Maryville, Illinois, we are going to take you right now. How are you? Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have two rose bushes that didn't make it um, through the winter in the front of my house and my landscaping. And I was wondering if I pull those out, is there something I can replace and plant in the same spot? And also um, what would be kind of like a low maintenance type flowering um, replacement that I could put there? Are you wanting another rose or just something Um, else? Yeah, just something else. I didn't really care. It's in the sun? Yes. Okay. Okay, because, uh, uh, great, don't be afraid of planting something else. They'll be perfectly all right. Look at hydrangea paniculata, and you have to remember the word paniculata because that's a beautiful plant that will look glorious, and it will bloom all summer long, and it won't have the inherent problems of the roses. So if you can just remember that, or look it up online, of course, but look at hydrangea paniculata, and you'll find something that you'll love. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Do you have okay. to know how to spell that before you can look it up? Um, <laughs> shall I do that? <laughs> you know how to spell it offhand? Well, sure. Oh, oh okay. Well, you are the expert then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Thank okay. you very much for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Let's go next to Robert. He is in West St. Louis County. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, when I try, I just tried rooting uh, with the root powder, uh, and uh, wasn't very successful with it. Is there a secret to soil moisture or you know, old school? I just cut them and stick them in water, and they root, and I replant. What are you trying to root? Well, I've, I've got an indoor uh, hibiscus. Thing's been out of control. I've had it for years. Uh, beautiful plant, but. Um, in, in the past, like I said, I would just cut it, root it in water, and then kind of replant and hand them out to friends, neighbors, Romans, countrymen, whatever. Sure. But when I tried the root starter, it just, I bombed out. Well, you, if, if you, don't you want to do it in water if you were successful doing that? I mean, honestly, that, you, you did pretty good if you got hibiscus to root in water, I must say. So you don't want to do that? You want to try a different method? Well, I just, I had never tried it, and I thought I'd give it a whirl. I thought it would be a quicker way to to get them to root, but... um, (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, when you use that root starter, that root powder, what you want to do before you put it in your your rooting uh, uh, medium is give it a flick. If you put too much on there, you're doing more harm than good. So you don't need to use very much of that. So just give it a light coating, or if you think you put on too much, just give it a flick so it's lighter. I bet it works. Well, I thought the more the merrier. No, not really. I I super-coated it. Yes, you did. (laughs) Good luck. And and, uh, does it it root any quicker, or is the old-school method... uh, Probably it would root quicker, 
You know, it depends. on. Don't use very old wood. Use more of the new wood, of the new growth. And that's what you'll have the most success with. Oh, okay. Learning lots this morning. So thank you very much. You're more than welcome. All right. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you very much for the call. And let's go now to Mickey in Oakville. Hi, Mickey. Well, hello there. I have a holly tree that has dropped all of her leaves. She's 30 feet tall. She's approximately 50, 45 to 50 years old. She's just dropped everything. Well, that's, a bad, that's a bad sign. Um, usually the hollies keep their old leaves till their new leaves are start co- coming out. Do you see any new growth on it at all? No, I don't. Okay. Well, you know what? Before I really would... Get, that's an amazing size. I would invest in an arborist to look at that because something has happened probably to its root system, the way you're describing it. Uh, I doubt it's probably gone through a whole bunch of winters. So unless it was just such a freak thing, I would invest in an arborist consultation to make sure that you figure out what happened to that beautiful holly. I'm sorry. But if it has no new growth, it's probably not going to make it. She was vibrant last year and, and the years before. But just suddenly, just everything dropped. You know, there's something wrong. It's at the root level. But you, if you okay. really want to know what did it, it's not going to come back. But if you want to know what did it, you need to hire an arborist so they can inform you as to what happened to that beautiful holly. Can I ask you a related question? Because I have a holly, or I had a holly bush, um, a, a 12 years old. I mean, it was it was vibrant, and then it last year developed a a black hole in the center. Uh, the black hole continued to eat its way out and, and dropping leaves as it went. And eventually I ended up with a, a dead holly bush. Mm-hmm. There's, are, are they related at all? No, they are not related. Okay. Not unless you find that same black hole on your big holly, but I certainly doubt it. No, I, I think not. that was a canker and it worked its way and killed the plant. The, okay. the bush. All right. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you very much for your assistance, and um, and have a good day. Yes, you too. All right, thank you very much, Mickey. Boy, that's tough. You get those oh, beautiful old plants oh. like that, and, and just boom. Usually when they drop their old leaves, the new leaves are right there to take their place, but that sounds dire. What could cause that? Just well, some it's kind something of a, in the roots. Like you a know? poisoning that got in there, some it, kind of disease, we, I guess? It could be either or. It could mm-hmm. be something that drained into that soil from a neighborhood that was treated with some kind of chemical. Mm. Sounds remote. It's not that remote. Really? Yes. Boy, does it just get old and stop growing? Well, things change. You know, water flow can change and go right in the root system. Mm -hmm. Hollies can't sit in water. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a shame. For some reason. So let's go to Carol in Lincoln County and see see what she has on her mind this morning. Carol, you're on with June Hudson on KMOX. Hi. Thank you very much. Is there a simple way that I can get rid of clumps of fescue in my zoysia lawn? Well, you can spray them with an herbicide, but it's going to be very difficult not uh, getting at least a tiny bit of the fescue around it. So that's really the only really simple way. You can dig it out, but I'm thinking you don't think that's a simple way. So well, I would I've, do the herbicide. I'm sorry. I've tried digging it in places. The problem is 
I have a, t- a full zoysia lawn. My mm-hmm. neighbor has fescue. Oh, boy. And when he mows, he kind of shoots it down in my yard, you know, and I can cut my grass. And two days later, the fescue is two, two inches or so taller. Sure. You're going to have to spray it with an herbicide. You might damage your lawn a little bit, but try to be very careful. They have uh, herbicide, things with like a cup over it, so it prevents the herbicide from getting surrounding plants, and that's the kind I would get. Okay. All right. That sounds like a time-consuming project, so I'll, but I'll try. All right. <laughs> Good luck much. to you. We were saying off the air earlier, this is the time of year to do it when you're really in the mood to get out there and play in the yard. Absolutely. <laughs> no matter what the task. <laughs> exactly. If it's time-consuming especially, get out there and enjoy it now right. while you can. Right. It is going to be a bit warm today. We're heading for a high of 86 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be 91, but there's not supposed to be any rain until tomorrow afternoon and evening. So uh, today might be a good day to go out and play in the law in the yard. And we're going to tell you more with June Hudson on uh, what you need to do to help out your problems with trees, grasses, etc. That's coming up as we continue on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline in just a moment here on KMOX. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. Mike Miller is enjoying this day off. I'm Brian Kelly and with June Hudson, a master gardener and horticulturist, used to be with the Missouri Botanical Garden, now enjoying retirement, and so she has plenty of time to answer your questions today. (laughs) At 436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Like the questions coming from Jeff in St. Louis. Hi, Jeff. Hi, I'm actually in Hillsboro, but uh, I've got an issue with our cedar trees. They're uh, all turning brown. Do you know what that would be? Wow. Are these the cedar trees, like the the ones that you see along the highway, those kind of cedar trees? Yeah, they get the little blueberries on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Geez, I don't know. Have you had a change in the... um, like the moisture content, it was a very, very dry fall. And uh, what the all the moisture we got in the winter was fine, but they needed every bit of that. We're still not in a great position. It it might be a water issue. Can you can you take a core or something to see how dry that soil is around those trees? Yeah, I could. Uh, a couple of them are right next to a lake. I don't know if that makes any difference or not, but... Uh, uh, some of my other neighbors around the area are having the same issues as well. You, have you had any overhead spraying? Is there is no, there crop the, crops the in the area that could have got sprayed and it came down on your on your trees? No, it's pretty much all woods around us. I see. I'm thinking yeah, really all the, all, all the cedar trees in the area they're all turning brown on the ends and ones actually a couple of them are looking like they're not going to make it. But. I can't tell from being, you know, over the phone, but I'm I'm hitting all the obvious things. How long has the the one been growing around the lake? Is it in water? I can't imagine it is. They don't like water. No, it's it's about fifteen feet up off the bank. Oh, but. okay. So that's not an issue. I really think you know, I keep saying this about an arborist, but it's the only way you're really gonna tell what happened. But to me, it, you know, because it's widespread, something has happened in a big area. And the biggest problem I can see is perhaps some sort of herbicide from above, you know, because okay. it, in such a wide area. Well, I know they, they have in our subdivision, they have like two, the, the companies that spray people's yards. I don't know if that would affect it. Oh, yes. Not, oh, yes. That would be suspect. 
That would okay. be very well, suspect. Well, keep that in mind, and I, I appreciate your information. Okay, good luck. Thank you very much. If they have been poisoned by something like that, is there much you can do? Well, reputable companies should know better. You know, they they really should. And I would say to contact them and just get an idea of what they what they thought could have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to be reticent. To, I mean, they'll be reticent about admitting it, I'm sure. Probably. But it's it, it sounds like herbicide damage to me. Yeah. It has to come from, you know, get taking it up from the from the surrounding area or sprayed on from above. Mm-hmm. In a rural area like that, yeah, that you know, where you really have those, those companies that spray crop fields, mm-hmm. anything can happen. Yeah. They and don't, they don't want to do that. Can you, can you do much mm-hmm. for it? No. Yeah. No. Wow. That, you know, that's it. Yeah. All right, let's go to Fairview Heights, where Barbara is calling in from here on the Garden Hotline. Hi, Barbara, how are you? Good morning. I'm good, fine. Uh, But I have a couple of plants that aren't. Uh, In my backyard, I have five knockout roses that are probably about eight, nine years old. The two that are closest to the house are, you know, coming out fine. The three that are in some landscape tiers that are more exposed, uh, you know, in the yard, this weekend, my husband and I are going to do some yard work. We were just going to dig them up because they absolutely appeared to be dead. Um, now, there are some growth coming out from, you know, the, you know, the base of the rosewood or of, of the knockout. So I'm confused. Is it, should I just trim out the dead? Will it survive? Is it, what, what should I do with these knockout roses? Well, Unfortunately, we're seeing these problems with the with the roses across the region, and it is definitely winter damage. Now, if it's coming out around the base, you know, it's going to be a while before that shrub. You're going to have to cut off all the dead, so it's going to be little bitty. It depends on how much patience you have um, to bring it back to what it used to be. If you don't want to look at it grow again, and it might be very weakened, then you really ought to dig them out and get new ones. Okay, so probably digging them out, getting new ones would probably be the way to go. I would say so. Okay. Another problem that I have in my yard, I have a tree that is a dawn redwood. Um, We planted two of them. Uh, we, We planted the second one. We liked the first one so much that we planted the second one about two years, you know, after Mm -hmm. the first one. The second one this year... I'm looking at it right now. It looked like a dead tree. And once again, you know, I'm getting some growth around the main uh, trunk of the tree. So I'm confused on this tree whether I should, you know, just, you know, I I could have my local arborist uh, come out, take a look at it, the one that planted it. But um, while I'm on the hotline, I sure, I sure. This question in too. Well, what you're telling me is pretty much the same situation with your roses is now on that dawn redwood, which is a g- g- beautiful tree. Oh, uh, yes, again, yes. I doubt if it will. If it's is it completely brown? No, no. At the middle of the tree, some of the there's there's growth. Okay. It almost, uh, but I would say you know it's just maybe two feet. From the main trunk, okay. there's some green growth. Okay, it's trying to come back. You know, I think we're starting to see a lot of problems related to the, the dry fall. That tree is just okay. having a terrible time taking up enough moisture to have supported the, the growth above it. 
If you cut that off where the new growth is, it's never going to look like a nice tree. Before you do anything, though, I would call the person that you or the firm that you bought it from, and they planted it, and have them take a look at it. Okay, that's that would be a good idea. Okay, and I just want to say I enjoy Garden Hotline. I spend my Saturday mornings with my coffee, listening and learning so much from the guests that are you know from the. gardeners that are on the show. So thank you so much for your service. Well, I thank it. you. Well, thank you, Barbara. Uh-huh. And th- <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Thanks for calling in this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to blame that on pollen. Can I do that? Sure. Okay, I might as well. So yeah, thank you, Barbara. We really appreciate the kind words. Lucia is calling in this morning from Alton, Illinois. Hi, Lucia. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, doing okay. Good. I planted two years ago quite a few euonymus bushes and ever since the rains that we've had i mean they're going crazy can i trim them now i mean they're shooting out all over the place absolutely yes this is a time to do that and as i've as i've been saying though don't do it with a hedge trimmer or you're going to make that problem worse you're going to create an avenue where it's even going to grow more than it has already so really, no, you... I was just going to use little hand clippers. Oh, fabulous. They're only two years old. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Yes, okay, great. do it now. I will. Thank you so much. You're Bye. welcome. All right. Thank you, Lucia. You can join in at 436-7900-1800-925-1120 and join us on the Garden Hotline. And right now we go to Sunset Hills where Jeff is talking with June Hudson. Hello, Jeff. Uh, hello, good morning. I really appreciate your service. Thank you. I have uh, some uh, hydrangeas where the stalks were out from last year, and uh, you know the plants coming up from below. Can you trim those stalks off now? Or yes, you can. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately um, that's, that's a indicator of more damage. damage. And the, the big bally, the big ball hydrangeas really took a hit this year once again. And um, just you can tell those those long shoots. If you pinch them, they're gonna they're gonna show you that they're dead. And if you wait and wait and wait, thinking they're gonna come out, in the end you're just gonna have to cut them off. So do that down into the base and let it regrow again. And hopefully we won't have another winter like the last one, and you get some pretty flowers on that. But you can cut them off. All right. And then I have a couple of, uh, uh, I think they're oak leaf viburnums. Uh, Hydrangeas. Really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're growing like crazy. So I just heard that previous caller. And a couple of red twig uh, dogwoods. And so now's a good time to trim those back. The, let, let, with, with the uh, oak leaf hydrangeas, what you need to do is go back to a strong branch and cut the ones that are offensively large and cut those off and do that selectively. And uh, every few branches, stand back and see if you like what you've done. And that'll tell you if you've got any more that you need to treat that way. The uh, red twig dogwoods, you'd cut them back really to about oh four inches tall this time of year because all the new branches that come out will give you better color in the wintertime. All right. Okay. Well, thanks. Have a great day, all. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. There you can hear June as she goes through the massive KMOX plant warehouse we have here at 1220 
Olive downtown. That's where that echo was from. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You were in the big warehouse that we have. And, and so that's why we get that echo every now and then. I feel so powerful. Yeah. Well, you are. You <laughs> definitely are. You're a master gardener. I mean, you can't get much. I, I'd love to hear this information just pour out of June. She knows so much. And we're going to let you talk to her next at 436 7900 1 800 925 as we continue the garden hotline. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. And once again, Mike Miller is out today. I'm Brian Kelly. It's 946, and you can reach us at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. June Hudson is in taking your questions, including these from Margie, who is calling in from St. Charles. Margie, thanks for joining us here on KMOX. Thank you. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm St. Charles, and my home backs up to a portion of the woods. And I was wondering if you have any suggestions on how to control honeysuckle. It has taken over uh, a large area, and we've cut it back, and it just keeps coming back more and more. Okay. We had a similar call earlier. Um, Really, the best way, and this is what they found, uh, is the best control it's time-consuming, but this is what you do. You cut it and leave uh, open wounds about, oh, four inches high on the every, every uh, stem, how big they are. And then you spray right, right away with an herbicide. And that is the best way to control it. You might, after that's all gone, uh, you might see some weaker shoots coming from the base of that plant. And you cut them again and spray them. But spraying them immediately after you cut the branches is the best control because you're making an open wound and the plant takes that material in at the very best. So that's how you do it. And it's tedious, but keep it up. And thank you for doing that. You're doing the environment a big favor. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate your service. Thank you. Well, thank you, Margie. So you can't just spray it on the plant itself. You're better off cutting it and then doing that. Right. Let's go to Godfrey, Illinois. Sherry is listening to KMOX, and now she is on KMOX. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I have a crepe myrtle that looks dead. Are they late growers, or do I need to dig it up and replace it? Well, the crepe myrtles in our area are in really bad shape this year, and it just depends on a lot of things. But what you do is you take your fingernail uh-huh. and you scratch on the bark. And when, it, when you do, you should see a green uh, plant material underneath. If it's brown, you keep moving your finger test down, down, down. And if it's, if it's brown right by the base, then the whole crepe myrtle has uh, died. But don't give up because sometimes they sprout from the very base. Yes. It may take a little while to come back. But that means that the injured part that you've cut off is gone, and now the poor thing's trying to get, you know, some new growth on it. Okay, would it be all right then, in the state it appears to be in, to go ahead and limb it up? No, no, you need to, you need to ascertain whether that plant is alive. So limbing it up isn't going to work. Do okay. the finger test and see how okay. far down you get. You can, you can cut it off wherever you start to find green growth underneath the the bark, but I'm afraid, well, just test it. You need to find that out for your own because everybody's environment where they are is different. So try to, you know, figure out where the life of the plant is. Okay, I will do that. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, thank you, Sherry. She called 436-7900. 
or 1-800-925-1120. I'll make it. I promise. We're getting there. Let's go next to Linda. And Linda, you are now on KMOX. We are at your service. Thank you so much. Um, Jean, uh, I have a a couple bottle bottle brush buckeye plants. Uh Uh-huh. Love them. Great plant. Yes. And uh, I had noticed a couple years ago that a... um, Another plant came up actually pretty far away that I was able to to take and and replant now I have two but i the it's it's blooming now and it has these really large kind of ball seed packs on them. I was curious if I could take one of those at some point and when I should take them off the plant and plant them myself to make sure I get you know, transplants from this, from this plant. Sure. Do you have a suggestion on how, what the timing is to do that? Well, let them ripen on the tree. So you, when you do that, you're harvesting the, the mature uh, body of what you're talking about. And then you can plant that. They come up rather easily. So then you can plant them wherever you want them and then most likely will come up. Okay. But you got to leave them on there till they're, they're, they're brown and then you can plant them at that point. Okay. And is there, like, in that pack, is there more than one? Should I take them apart to get more seedlings, or is it just one seedling? Um, oddly, it could be two, but normally there's one. Okay. Very good. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Linda. Have a great day. Oh Let's gosh. go to Margaret in West St. Louis County. Margaret, you are next on KMOX. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have three David Austin rose bushes in my courtyard, and two summers ago they got rose rosette, and so I pulled them out. And I purchased new ones and planted them last summer, and this year they've started to leaf out very nicely. So I decided to be proactive with their care, and I fed them some rose food about 10 days ago. And then a few days later, I applied Bayer's um, 3-in-1 insect disease control to two of them, and then I noticed that the two that got the spray have all kind of fallen over and are droopy while the other one is upright and strong. Um, they've all bloomed. Do you have any idea what I did to them? Did you follow the instructions on the bottles and not do more is better kind of thing? I don't think so. I didn't really think it. I sprayed it that much, and I wasn't able to get to the undersides of the of the leaves, mm-hmm. just the top. You may have over fertilized it, and you, uh, with that with that uh, treatment that you did, I'm afraid. Don't give up on it. Give it. You know what? Leach it. Leach some of that. Did you spray the foliage with it? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it's taken it in and uh, try to leach the soil somewhat. That means uh, force that out of the soil that it may be in. But I'm pretty that? worried about the ones that are drooping. I don't know. They're, I can't see them. But baby them with uh, don't let them dry out and see how they do in the next week or two. If they don't respond fairly quickly, I'm afraid you've lost them. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much sure. for your help. Sure. Good right. luck. Yeah, good luck, Margaret. Let's go to Char in Kirkwood. Char, you are on with June Hudson. Hi, June. This is Hi. Char. Um, I have a quick question. We have a couple of knockout roses that are probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And the last couple of years, we've had an issue with disease. So I've got that Bayer disease spray, just like the lady just said. 
and that seemed to work pretty good. I had to keep up with it, though, all summer, and they bloomed great, and it was wonderful. Um, now, though, they came up. We cut them back for winter, and they, and they came up nicely, and they leafed out greatly, and they had a few buds getting ready to open. And now I've noticed both bushes, all the leaves, all the leaves are like almost transparent see-through, and they're like a light brown tan color of both little bushes. Did you spray them with that material? No, I've done nothing okay. yet because we just started. Okay, check. What you need to do is check your ground. It really, uh, with, with the dry fo- uh, fall that we had, make sure that you're getting adequate moisture. I know we've had rain, but the rains don't always get as deep as it should. So dig around them and see if that soil is moist. But other than that, you haven't done really anything to them. Um, it's an odd situation where they would do that with their leaves. So they're obviously not taking up water. So you oh, need to, okay. Yeah, so check the base of it and see okay. if that's the case and you need to irrigate it. It seems to me they'll drop those leaves again, but you might encourage some more healthier ones to come on. Should I spray? No, don't spray at this time don't anything. No. Just water them really well. Because we have mulch put down almost every year, and we did the last, like, two years, I guess. Did, is it um, down now? Oh, yeah, we had it put down. I had it put down early March. Okay, take that mulch away from that plant just for good luck, okay? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, great. Oh, and yes. one, one more quickie. Um, we have hydrangeas, and they don't seem to want to bloom very much. Last year they didn't bloom at all because they said that in St. Louis area, because I'm in Kirkwood, that most of them were damaged from the winter. Right, this they were. Year, yeah, and so I don't know if they're going to bloom this year. We The green foliage is coming up. From we the base? Yes, yes, and lush, and, and it's looking good. Um, we still have the brown sticks, you know, because I don't trim them. I never know when to trim those, you know, cut them down to the ground if I should do that. Right. You can <laughs> cut them down. Them. They're not going to bloom. Okay. Another right, bad year for hydrangeas. Not so, all okay. hydrangeas, but the big, the big, the ones with the big ball foliage. Yeah, I mean, I uh, flowers. Okay, and then so I'll go ahead and do that, and then now in the fall, don't cut fall anything. Winter, don't cut anything. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Good right. luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you. And thank to all of our callers this morning here on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Especially thank you to June Hudson. June, as we wrap this program up this morning, any final words of advice as we uh, we recover from the heavy range yesterday? There's going to be some spot showers coming up. Any any ideas? Any suggestions? Well, you know, this, this winter was so hard on our plants, and we're just now experiencing uh, problems, not only from the winter, but the dry fall. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting growing season, but we're hearing over and over some of the same plants that have been affected. Right. And so we have to hold on and do what we can, but if if they die, this is this is where we live. Well, June. So you got to... Plant more. The nurseries love it. All right. Thank you very much for being here this morning. We all learn a lot when you're here, and I really appreciate it. And for Mike Miller, I'm Brian Kelly. Coming up next, the news, and then Investing Sense with Andy Smith and Bob Richards on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.